0: Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh.
1: When it comes from your heart and it's lifted up to the God that we're worshiping, the focus stays on Him. When worship becomes more about ourselves instead of the God we're supposed to be worshiping, that's when we've missed this thing. How do you thank
0: God? The answer to that question may seem obvious, but there may be more to it than most people realize.
1: This worship that comes from the heart is not something that can be restricted to just this gathering here on Sunday morning. Oh no, no, if it comes from my heart, if it's this genuine worship of God, thanksgiving to God, if my heart is full for what God has done for me, then it can't be contained to simply Sunday. It spills out into every area of our life. And that, by the way, that's the kind of worship that other people sit up and take notice of.
0: I'm Rick Freeman. Welcome to Crosswalk. Today we continue our series entitled, Thanksgiving, It's Not Just for Pilgrims, and we're turning our attention to Psalm 100. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Clay took us through Psalm 95, then much of what you'll hear today will sound familiar the themes of thanksgiving and worship are obvious in both of those psalms. But today, Pastor Clay is going to point out the various aspects of our thanksgiving that we find in Psalm 100. How we worship and offer thanksgiving to God matters. I'll be back after the message to wrap things up. But now, here's Pastor Clay with today's reminder that thanksgiving isn't just for pilgrims. Bye.
1: Who knows what, uh, who knows what deja vu means? Yeah, a couple people. Has anybody ever experienced deja vu? And you're thinking, well, we don't even know what it means. Has anybody ever experienced deja vu? I was thinking about this, kind of weird. Is it possible to have deja vu about having deja vu? Think about that one for a minute. Deja vu, I just like saying the word, deja vu. According to uh, the Free Online Dictionary, uh, it is the experience of thinking that a new situation had occurred before. Now, do you all know what deja vu is? Oh, that's what that is. The experience of thinking that a new situation had occurred before, an experience that causes you to remember something. In other words, something happened, something triggered, some event begins to occur, and you say, wait a minute, this has happened before. (laughs) I wish y'all could see y'all's faces right now, (laughs) because it's like, uh, yeah, all right. Okay, so uh, the reason I bring that up is because today we are going to be in Psalm 100, the 100th Psalm. And so as we are in Psalm 100 today, uh, looking through that passage of scripture, some of you may have a sense of, say it with me, deja vu, because of the similarities between the 100th Psalm and the 95th Psalm, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago when we began this series on Thanksgiving. Entitled, Thanksgiving, It's Not Just for Pilgrims. Open your Bibles this morning to the 100th Psalm, Uh, please, if you will. We'll also have the text up on the screen. Uh, I've always encouraged folks, if you have a copy of God's Word uh, at home, bring it with you on Sundays. It, it may be, uh, it may be in, in print form, it, it may be uh, uh, an iPad, it may be on your uh, smartphone, but I just uh, encourage folks to open God's Word and look at it uh, together. Psalm 100, and I'm going to read it to you. And then we're going to look at some of just some of the uh, aspects from Psalm 100, continuing this idea. Of thanksgiving and the connection between thanksgiving and worship. And one of the things that we have seen is that there is a connection between our thanksgiving and worship and everything that that may mean. Serve the Lord with gladness. It's going to be good. I'm not going to know when to shout or not to shout. (laughs) Lou's like, oh, I have no idea. Him and Rick and Adam, they're all pulling their hair out back there. Hey, you guys do a great. Can I just take an opportunity to say, our sound team does a fabulous job. They do an awesome job. Okay, it's kind of a quirky day. Get over it, right? It just, that stuff happens. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth serve the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful singing, know that the Lord Himself is God, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise, give thanks to Him, bless His name, for the Lord is good His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Pray with me this morning, please. Uh, Father, we do thank you so much for the truth of your word. And this uh, that we just read in Psalm 100, uh, it's just, it blesses my heart to read uh, your word. It blesses my heart to read psalms like this, uh, Father God. And um, we are so blessed as a church, and we have so many... Uh, skilled and talented people, and so uh, when, when things don't always go according to plan, we have some technical difficulty, uh, uh, it seems odd to us, but just thank you that, uh, that none of that really matters, that you, you are who matters, and worshiping you is what matters. We always want to give you our best, but I'm asking that right now that, um, that you would just help us focus on the truth of your word. May distractions just be uh, forced out of our minds, and may we focus on what your word says, Lord, you've given me a word from Psalm 100 that I want to bring to your people today. Um, a word like thanksgiving or thanks or gratitude, it, it seems so obvious. Yeah, we, we know that, but, uh, but you say it a lot in here, Father, and so it's important for the lives of your children. So help us to glean the truths here again today uh, from Psalm 100 and apply them to our lives uh, every day, not just as we gather in this place, but every day, to your honor and to your glory. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. Psalm 100. I uh, want to share with you, just uh, as we walk through this this morning, some ideas uh, that, that I think the psalmist calls, kind of calls to our attention about our Thanksgiving. And our praise and our worship. And you could almost say thanksgiving slash praise, thanksgiving slash praise slash worship. It's almost inseparable. To, to offer thanksgiving is an act of worship to God. To offer thanksgiving is a praise lifted up to God. So they're, they're, they're words that are almost interchangeable in themselves. We, we think of worship in the, in the formal setting, gathered in this place and, you know, someone leading it. But, but it's, it's so much more than that. So, I want to share with you a few ideas from Psalm 100 that I, I feel like the psalmist is calling to our attention. The first one this morning is this Thanksgiving is with our hearts. In Psalm 1, I mean, in, in verse 1 of Psalm 100, it says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Thanksgiving is with our hearts. That our hearts are an intricate, intricate part, and interestingly enough, as we'll see, um, the heart really plays a part in every aspect of our thanksgiving and our, and our worship to God. I said a moment ago that there are a lot of similarities between Psalm 95, which we looked at two weeks ago, and Psalm 100, which we're looking at today, and, and there really are. It really is some, if you go back and compare those two Psalms, a lot of deja vu uh, going going on there. Psalm 95 is longer than, than Psalm 100. But the truths keep coming up again and again, and these ideas about thanksgiving, these ideas about worship keep coming up again and again. And as a matter of fact, of course, Psalm 95 and Psalm 100 have principles and truths that are, that are scattered throughout the pages of God's Word. You find it throughout God's Word, these principles that are laid out here. So what, what we're talking about here today may not strike some of you as anything new but as we learn in our walk with Jesus that reinforcing ideas and truths in our lives and understanding better who our God is, and I'll talk more about that, and, and what our worship looks like, what our thanksgiving looks like, what our praise looks like, uh, that's something that we could, should never grow old and that we can always uh, grow and learn more about on a daily basis. And included in that is this idea of shouting joyfully the, the, in the the, the original Hebrew word that was used in uh, Psalm 100 has the idea uh, this of uh, uh, this shout is a a shout of of gladness. It, it's really happy, glad kind of shout. It's uh, it's like the way all the people. And I was watching some of the, the It's like, like the way all the people stood around in front of Buckingham Palace a few months ago when when William and Kate uh, got married, and, and all the people just stood there. Come on, y'all watched it, right? We all watched it. Yeah. Me and Julie, we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Where all the people stood out in front of Buckingham Palace and they just cheered and cheered and cheered. Even when they, when William uh, gave Kate that rather weak anemic kiss, they cheered and they, they cheered and they happy. It was that kind of, that kind of a glad shout. It can also carry the idea of a triumphant shout, kind of like the Way uh, NC State fans may have done during and after the football game with UNC a couple of weeks ago. Some of you may have have caught some of that. It's a, it's a triumphant shout to 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 let it all out. It's it's a glad shout. It's a joyful shout. It's a triumphant shout. Uh, it's the kind of shout that can only come from the heart. You can't you can't manufacture it. You can't fake it uh, when it's when it's genuine. When it's that kind of of, of shout, it comes from something deep within inside of you. Do, you. do you understand what I'm saying? Let's go back to NC State, UNC. Can you imagine any scenario where an NC State fan uh, would have come up to a UNC fan and, and said something like, um, well, clearly our coaching staff's approach to the game gave our team a superior strategical edge and we are pleased with the outcome, right? No. They'd have been all up in their grill, you know, just, yeah, yeah, na, 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 na. You know, just, because why? Because it comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. You want to see a sad passage of Scripture. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 29. Then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their, say it with me, hearts far from me. And their reverence to me consists of tradition learned by rote. In other words, man, they're just going through the motions. The people of Israel at that time as Isaiah wrote that. They're showing up for church on time. They're doing everything. They're probably tithing. They were singing the songs. but God says, man, it's just from from rote memory. There's, There's no heart in it. There's no heart engaged in this thing. It has to be a part of who we are, it's, it's, it really, pun intended, gets to the heart of what worship and thanksgiving really is all about. If you're here two weeks ago, you remember I said in Psalm 95 that um, uh, that I believe that our worship experience, especially the idea of corporate worship— that it ought to resemble, if you were here, you may remember I said this, that it ought to resemble a party, it ought to resemble a celebration more than it resembles a funeral. And, and the obvious reason for that is right there. It's, it's the fact that our God and our Savior has defeated death, not only for himself did he defeat it, but for all of us. So that Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 15, "O oh death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The Apostle Paul, in essence, is going, th- he's doing this to death. You have no power, you have no victory, you have no, no rule over me. And, and so it, there really is this sense of celebration and victory. I also said last, uh, when I said that two weeks ago, I also said that there are limits to that that a worship experience um, to a, lifted up to a God of order needs to be a service that has structure and has order to it. It's not a free-for-all, it's not a, you know, whatever that, that, that case may be. What I didn't say two weeks ago, and, and I wanted to say at the time, is that, that when it comes from your heart, and it's lifted up to the God that we're worshiping, the focus stays on Him. That when worship becomes more about ourselves, or worship becomes more about the worship experience itself instead of the God we're supposed to be worshiping, that's when we've missed this thing. That's when a church uh, needs to be careful that it becomes more about the worship than about the God that we say we're worshiping. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to y'all? I just needed to say that. That we need to make sure that our worship is always focused on the, on the one that worship. By the way, I also want to say this, uh, that the, 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 this, this worship that comes from the heart is not something that can be restricted to just this gathering here on Sunday morning. Oh no, no, if it comes from my heart, if it's this genuine worship of God, thanksgiving to God, if my heart is full for what God has done for me, then, then it, it can't be contained to simply Sunday. It spills out into every area of our life. And that's, by the way, that's the kind of thanksgiving, that's the kind of worship that other people sit up and take notice of. And they begin to say, man, that, 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 those people's God, that, He meets them. They're grateful, they're thankful to Him, our hearts. All right, now, thanksgiving is also with our hands. Look at the first part of verse 2. When it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, we serve the Lord, uh, you know, for at least a couple of reasons. We serve the Lord uh, because there's an obedience issue here. God asks us to engage in this kingdom work because God desires to reach the world, reach the nations, reach the people across the street from me and across the globe from me. In obedience to him, I respond to that call. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, while the work here on earth is empowered by God, The carrying out of that work has been entrusted to the children of God, those who profess Christ. We've been given the task of of carrying the message, affecting the message to the world around us. And we do that as in obedience to him, we we serve him. But we also serve him because it is a tangible way that we can express gratitude to him. It's It's just a tangible way to say, Lord, I'm so grateful to you. I want... To serve you in this way, it's it's just a desire to want to do it. I um, I want to take a minute to to brag on somebody. Uh, this morning, and, and the great thing about cross culture, and I was thinking about this really when I was putting this message together. There are so many people that uh, that express this type of idea here. So many people at cross culture that that just serve the Lord with gladness. By the way, serve the Lord with gladness. Did you see that? See how the heart and the hands work together in this thing? Serve the Lord with gladness. There's that idea again. And there's so many people at cross culture that just just do that. But I just be honest with you, I don't know of anybody that does that better than Floyd and Betty Pierce. Now I. Floyd thinks I'm returning a favor for him, probably for for because he bragged on us this morning. But I, I'd already, I just, I don't know of anybody that does that better than Floyd and Betty Pierce. Um, quite honestly, I love you. <laughs> so, quite honestly, at a time, at an age where most people are thinking about uh, stepping away from ministry and just kind of sitting down in a pew or a chair. Floyd and Betty answered God's call to come start a new work, and work they do, unbelievably. But I was thinking about this. I don't know if I have ever seen an occasion where I've seen Floyd and or Betty serving when they didn't have smiles on their faces. I mean, I really couldn't. And I think that's kind of the idea here, is serving the Lord with gladness. Listen, I know, we get tired, don't we? Anybody get tired? It's hard, it's hard sometimes, right? I know we do and we go and we do a lot and and some of you serve in so many different ways and and give so much of your time and your energy and your effort. I know we get tired, I I know that we need to rest sometimes but but I also know that it is a privilege to serve King Jesus. It it really is a privilege to serve King Jesus. You know, uh, I haven't used this statement in a while but one of our statements around here at Cross Culture is uh, we don't have to go to church, we get to go to church. Y'all remember that one? We don't have to go to church. We get to go to church. Well, we could add to that. We don't have to serve. We get to serve. What do you think that does to the heart of God? Well, what do you think that says to the heart of God when we serve not out of drudgery, not out of duty, not out of guilt, but purely because our hearts are full and we desire to serve the Lord with gladness. However that takes its shape, and that varies from person to person and, and, and what they're able to do and, and what their giftedness and talents are and, and all those kinds of things. But the kingdom work that we're talking about is serving the Lord with gladness. Hey, can I give you, I'm going to put you all on the spot. Can I give you a very practical way that you can serve the Lord with gladness? You all ready to be put on the spot? All right. Um, well, I'll give you two tans- tangible ways. Uh, one tangible way is this afternoon uh, from uh, 3 o'clock to s- 3.30 to 6.30 is Operation Christmas Child Churchwide Packing Party. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, it's a matter of, of being there for, for the kids at these packages. And if, and if you don't know what that is, uh, you can see Paris uh, back there at the very back. She can tell you all about it if you're new here. but. Uh, we can't let those kids down that are, that are all over the world these packages are going to go to. But we can't let our kids down at C two kids either who have been collecting items all year uh, to put into these shoe boxes and then send. So we need you to come uh, this afternoon, bring a finger food. We're going to have fun together. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be Christmas music playing um, and, and all that kind of stuff. We're just, just going to have a, a good time with it. We need you to come. need you to bring $7 if you haven't had an opportunity to give yet. $7 for each box. Pays to send each box. Uh, wherever it might be going. So um, if you can uh, do it, be a part of that, that's a tangible way that you can serve the Lord with gladness. Now, here's the more put-you-on-the-spot way. Uh, we have adopted teachers at Leesville Road High School uh, at, here at Cross Culture, and we love to do it. It's a lot of fun and just to, to, just to write them a card or just pray for them on a daily basis, to lift them up, maybe to give them a few little goodies here and there and something like that. We still have eight teachers that are not yet adopted. We're here. We're almost halfway through the year, and we still have eight teachers who signed up and said, "Yes, I want to be adopted by a Cross College Church. I want to be prayed for. I want to. I want to just. Uh, uh, I want to be a part of that." Y'all've asked me to so much. We still have eight teachers. I'm wondering if there are eight people in here this morning who have not yet adopted a teacher. That would be willing to raise their hand right now, and Bill will bring you a teacher that you can adopt. Because I know you all want to, and you keep forgetting, and you walk right by the connection point, and you say, Oh, I gotta do that, I gotta do that, I gotta do that. We've taken care of that for you. You can do that. Is there other eight? Were there eight people in here who would raise their hand right now? There's one, two, three, four. Uh, how many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ding, ding, ding. I think we've got a winner. There's eight folks right there. If y'all keep your hands up, Keep your hands up, Bill. And I, I know many of you have already adopted teachers. Thank you so much for that. Um, and there's instructions there on, on you know what we're asking you to do. Also included in there is Bill's card. Um, if you will email Bill and let him know who you've got, because he's just handing these out in order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you'll let Bill know who you got, um, he'll be able to keep a record of that. Because we just want to make sure that we're Thank you. Thank you guys so much for doing that. I know I kind of put you on the spot, but I knew you could that you would respond to it because I knew you wanted to. Um, So thank you. Serve the Lord with gladness. That's right. All right. Let's put him on the spot again. By the way, let's put it on the spot. We need a million (laughs) dollars. One of our founding fathers, Patrick Henry, said Thanksgiving is a good thing. Thanks living is a better. It's serving him. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter twelve and verse one. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Watch this, which is your spiritual service of worship. Hey, faithful C2 kids workers, hey, set up crew, hey, sound team, hey, cafe setter upper people, uh, Hey, hey, all of you that serve in all the different ways, prayer warriors, all of you that serve in different ways, you're actually worshiping the Lord when you do that. Serve, uh, worship is with our hands. Third, uh, this morning, uh, thanksgiving is with our voice. Again, there in verse uh, 2, latter part of verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. There is an expectation that, again, notice the heart in this, with joyful singing. Notice how now the voice and the heart are working together in this. There is an expectation that the people of God will will shout out, as it says in verse 1, will speak out, will sing out the praises of God. It's just, just... Again, when it comes from the heart, you can't contain it. And it comes out. I know not all of us are the best singers in the world. But it's, it's hard to contain something when you're grateful to God. It's hard to not sing out to Him. I can't help, but when I think about singing and, and being thankful and all that stuff, I, I can't help... But I always think, I always think about the you know, same guy. I always come by, some of you have heard me talk about him before. I always think about Angie Massey. Angie Massey was a guy that just had, when I was a teenager, he had a really profound impact on my life, although I didn't realize it at the time. Um, I, I really didn't. But Angie was a guy that, as far as I know, uh, this, is, this is what I do know about Angie. He, Angie didn't own a car. Uh, Angie uh, didn't own a house. As far as I know everything every earthly possession that Angie owned would fit into the he had the small little satchel duffel bag thing as far as I know that's that was all of the earthly belongings of Angie uh, I've described him before as kind of a, he was kind of a, what I think of as a modern day Apostle Paul. He would travel from town to town or city to city. Uh, I don't know where all he had been, but he would go, he would stay there a while, and he would try and influence people for the gospel. He would try and teach them, he would try and share the gospel, and it would just depend. And, uh, and Angie came to uh, Okeechobee, South Central Florida, where I grew up. Angie came to Okeechobee one, one time, and he stayed for uh, uh, several years. And I don't know how he did it, uh, but somehow Angie got uh, several local churches to s- sponsor this, uh, this center where teenagers could go, where we could go after school. This, to, they, they rented or bought this old house, and they fixed it up, and they you know they put up a basketball goal and pool tables, and there was board games. There was all kinds of stuff where you could just go there and, and just hang out. It was just kind of a teen hangout center, and, and Angie would share the gospel Various times and various ways. Uh, You know, they snacks and they got all that stuff there. And I'm sure not all of Angie's methods would be acceptable in our culture today. Because I remember like there weren't fights very often among the teenagers um, there at at Angie's place. uh, Because when there was, Angie would would say, all right, come on. And he he would get whoever the two guys were that were fighting. He'd get them, he'd hand them a pair of boxing gloves. Everybody would gather around. And he would and he would make them box punch. I mean punch until they until they'd had enough. <laughs> I mean they just till they punched it all all out. That's probably not in the handbook for, for rec centers uh, today. But that's that's how that's how Angie did it. And um, and fights were kept to a to a minimum, and, and it was fairly relatively safe with the with the gloves on. But, but what I remember most about Angie was, and I know Cindy's heard me say this a lot of times, is that um, it, whatever he was doing. Wherever he was, whatever was going on, uh, at any, mo- any given moment of the day, Angie would just, would just bust out in song. He would just begin to sing. And he, was a, he really was this, this short little guy. Uh, I don't know how tall he was, but he really was, this, was a short little guy. But he had this big, like, baritone voice. That would come out and whatever he's doing, whatever's going on at any given moment, you just knew Angie was going to bust out and, he would, and I'm sure he sang a lot of different stuff, but what I always remember was this one uh, old hymn. He would sing, he would sing, this is my story, this is my song. Some of y'all church people may remember that song. Praising my savior all the day long, this is my story, this is my song. Raising my Savior. Oh, I'm not going to be able to go that low. <laughs> all the day long. Y'all, 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 y'all remember that song? No, oh, please. You're all liars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but he would just bust out in song like that. And I'm telling you, I did not, I always heard it But it wasn't until years later when I began to understand the effect that that had on my life. Here was a guy that had nothing. I'm telling you, the guy had nothing. And he was, yet I always say, still to this day, he's the happiest guy I ever knew. Or one of the happiest people I've I've ever known. And it it just, it doesn't, it just comes out of us. I just encourage you, man, sing unto the Lord. And you don't have to be in church to do it. You can sing in the shower, you can sing in the car, you can. You can, you can just sing, shout, talk, lift up your voice. That's the idea, is that our voice are in, it, voices are engaged in this act of worship. Now, again, let me say, I know that that it, it varies, right? It varies from person to person how emotionally engaged a person becomes in the act of worship. But, uh, but, but it still should be this act that comes from our hearts, that affects our, our hands of service, but it comes... From comes out through our voices as well, or some expression thereof. Um, okay, uh, well, I think this is number four. Thanksgiving is with our mind. So what do we have got? It's with our heart, it's with our hands, it's with our voices, it's with our minds. Look at verse three. Watch this. Know, knowledge, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The, the psalmist acknowledges that there is an intellectual aspect to our thanksgiving, to our worship. But it, listen, it's not just an intellectual uh, acknowledgement. It's not just, yeah, I know that. No, it's, it's a deep knowledge that profoundly effect, affects and impacts our life. No and if you were here two weeks ago, this may be deja vu right here. It gives us the exact same reasons in Psalm 100. We see the exact same reasons that we found in Psalm 95 for uh, what, what it is that we know about God that allows us to, to worship him and give him thanks, uh, for, first, for who he is. Notice that it said there, know that the Lord himself is God. It's, he's God. He's Jehovah. He's Elohim. He's God of all gods. He's the creator above everything else. It's who he is. And he just deserves worship just for that sheer fact. For who he is and also for what he has done. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Translation, he's God, you're not. We're not. And sometimes we get to thinking too big about our own selves and what man has achieved and what man can ...can do or has done. And it's amazing, but it all ultimately comes under the authority of God. What He has done. He has made us. And then who we are to Him. That same idea is in Psalm 95. Look what it says. We are His people. Can you, can you even hear the terms of endearment in that statement? Can you hear the tenderness in that statement? This grand, great, glorious, powerful, all-knowing God? And yet here's this tender moment we are his people we're the sheep of his pasture i mentioned a couple of weeks ago this this biblical relationship between shepherd and sheep and how it points to the deep and abiding love that god has for you and for me oh how he loves you and me it's it's thinking that knowing uh, thinking on this idea of of god and who he is and And what he's done and who we are to him. One of the criticisms that atheists, that atheism and agnosticism often bring against Christianity is this claim that Christians, followers of Jesus, uh, basically just check their brains at the door. In other words, they just, they don't even think about all this stuff. They just believe whatever that guy stands up there and tells them, they just believe it. Tragically, there is truth in that statement. But that's not the way God intends it. God wants you, ladies and gentlemen, to engage your mind in the act of worship. He wants you to think about who he is and your relationship to him. Uh, One of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer, said this. What comes into our minds, I'm going to read this. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That's a pretty heavy statement right there. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What Tozer knew and what you and I desperately need to understand is that how we think about God, what we think about God, affects what we do with God. It affects what we do with the idea of God. And if you you meditate on the idea of who God is, I just I don't think you can do it without Thanksgiving coming, rushing up again from your heart, just being full with this idea. I'm, my goodness, he's he's the creator of everything that is. And yet and yet he's given me the privilege of, of calling out to him and, and saying, Abba, essentially, Daddy, Father. What, what an unbelievable thing you and I would do very well. Very well to take some time now and again to just shut off the radio or turn off the TV or just go somewhere and sit down and be quiet and just think about God. Just think about it. It involves our mind. And then uh, one final involvement, and that is thanksgiving, is with our will. It's with our will. Verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Our, our hearts, sure. Our hands, absolutely. Our voices, naturally. All of those things are part of that. Our, our minds, clearly, uh, to be a part of this. And included in that is our will. Notice, notice these action verbs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give Thanks to him. Bless his name. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, choose. Choose to honor God. Choose to praise God. Choose to thank God. Choose to worship God. It is your will. Now let me say, I, I, nobody fully understands this. I certainly don't understand this. I don't understand how the sovereign will of God and the free will of man work together. But I know this, they do. They do. And God has given us an opportunity to make some choices. And one of those choices is to recognize who he is and what he has done and who we are to him. And to offer our thanksgiving, our worship, our very lives, really is what it comes down to. When By the time your heart and your hands and and your voice and your mind and your will is involved, it's giving your whole self to him. That's really the ultimate display of thanksgiving and worship not just whatever goes on in this room, but a surrender of my life to him, that's thanksgiving. Some of you know the story of this young man named Nick.
2: I have no arms and no legs, but I'm very thankful that I have my little chicken drumstick here. (laughs) People freak out when they see me for the first time. It's so cool, I was at a water slide, um, all by myself. Everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down. And here I come and they're freaking out. They're like, you know, like this. And I was so tempted to look at myself and go, what happened? You know? There were times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arm's legs, I wish I had arm's legs, I wish I had arm's legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. The first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. freezing. Oh I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand, and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long this storm's gonna be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Being patient is beautiful. I tell you, it's the hardest thing. But I realize I may not have hands to hold my wife's hand. But when the time comes. I'll be able to hold her heart. I don't need hands to hold her heart. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home. And angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're worth nothing. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are beautiful. You are gorgeous just the way you are. And you boys,
1: you're the man. There is no logical reason. It defies all reason, all logic, for a guy like Nick to be thankful. And yet he is, because he chooses to acknowledge God's goodness. He chooses to recognize God's ultimate plan in his life. It's your will. It won't interfere with the sovereign plans of God. It won't interfere with God completing exactly what he intends to do with his creation. But choose to thank him. Joshua chapter 24, I think you find these words. If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. Notice the choice. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the uh, river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you've seen uh, this one from 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. How tragic. But the people did not answer him a word. They were going to wait and see who was going to respond, which God was stronger. Choose. It's your will. Now, real quickly, just kind of wrap it up because the psalmist wraps up. The psalmist comes back to not how we worship, but he comes back to why we worship in verse 5 when he says, For the Lord is good, His loving kindness is everlasting, and His faithfulness to all generations. He comes back to that idea again. His goodness is his loving kindness, and his faithfulness. Can I just say to you this morning as as we get ready to close, the greatest demonstration of God's goodness, the the greatest demonstration of God's loving kindness and faithfulness took place 2,000 years ago on a cross called Calvary, where the Son of God willingly laid down his life for you. And he gave this promise that any person who would call upon the name of the Lord to to recognize what he had done and give their life to him that that person shall be, present continuous tense, saved. And embark on a life of thankfulness and worship of a God who is worthy. Have you experienced the goodness, the loving kindness, the faithfulness of God in your life? Because, notice it says to all generations, that goodness, that loving kindness, that faithfulness is still reaching down to this generation. It's still reaching down to this very room. I don't know the spiritual condition of every person in this room, but I know this. If you're here and you're uncertain about your eternal destiny, you don't have to be. If you're here and and, and you want forgiveness in your life, you can have it. If you're here and you'd like to have a relationship with the living God, it's yours. Just ask. Because he's good. His loving kindness extends to all of us. His faithfulness is to all generations. The pilgrims had plenty of reasons to be thankful. But so do you and I, ladies and gentlemen. And we can thank him. We can worship him with every bit of who we are.
0: God's goodness, loving kindness, and faithfulness demonstrated so powerfully and completely at the cross. What a Savior we have. In gratitude, our thanksgiving should involve our hearts, our hands, our voices, our minds, and our wills. As we heard Pastor Clay say, when it begins in the heart, it flows into the rest of our lives. It's thanksgiving in its purest form. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. the cross, and it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you.
1: I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed.
2: So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed, I want to lead
1: you to the cross.